You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Matthew chapter 16 verse 3. I want to read Matthew 16 verse 3. Jesus is talking and he said, In the morning it will be a foul weather to the day for the sky is red and lowering. He said, Oh, ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of times. Signs of times. Hallelujah. Let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. We, we read verses 5 and 6. Ecclesiastes 8. <laughs> That's what I want to start from this morning. Also, keep the commandment shall feel no evil thing. What's the next one there? A wise... No, wait now. Verse 5. Don't jump. <laughs> A wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. How many wise men are here? Or wise women? <laughs> Say loud amen. amen. So when they ask how many wise people are here, and you don't raise your hand, well... What does that mean? How many wise people are here? <laughs> Hallelujah. A wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. Verse 6. But to, because to every purpose, shout the word purpose. Louder. Now I believe we can shout it louder. So why didn't you say it like that before? <laughs> shout the word purpose. To every purpose, there is time and judgment. To every purpose, there is time and judgment. Therefore, the mystery of man is great upon him. So the reason for mystery, frustration, confusion, is not too much of the circumstances around. It is because... To every purpose, there is time and judgment. When time and judgment are not understood, a man will live in misery. Mm. Hallelujah. That must have been the reason why Jesus was so upset with the Pharisees. He said, you, un you can discern, you understand how to interpret the signs of the sky. You know about rainy season, you know about sunshine, but you don't know about the signs of times. So Jesus said, why is this so crucial? Because of what we just read now. Everything goes with time and judgment. When there is a mistake, there will be mystery. So Solomon saw it this way. He said, the race is not to the swift. Have you read that before? The battle is not to the strong. Where is that in the Bible? Ecclesiastes what? <laughs> Ecclesiastes what? 9-11. Thank you. Hallelujah. Alright. You can have your seat this morning. God bless you. Thank you for standing with me for a while. <laughs> that is what, what it means to stand with a person. You stand where the person is standing. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Is someone with me this morning? So Solomon said that I return. That means after much uh, meditation, observation, and keeping of records, 
as the wisest man in his generation, he said, I came to a conclusion that he saw wealthy people, great people, he saw successful people, and then he discovered that not that these people were particularly better than other people, he said, I discovered something at work. He said, I returned, and I said to myself, that the race is not to the swift. Wow. The battle is not to the strong. He must have thought about Probably part of his contemplation must have been what led him into becoming the king of Israel. Knowing that, number one, he was not born by David's first wife, not by second wife, not even the third one, but then not even any legal wife that David married. He was born by a woman that David committed adultery with. And then, so in the palace, because of how so much emphasis was laid in Old Testament on firstborn receiving double portion, firstborn must automatically become a king, except he was not a male child. Solomon was not the first, he was not the second, he was not the third, he was not even born by any legitimate wife. So he must have thought about it, that how did I get here to become the king? And he saw that, so the race, Ammon was the firstborn, but Absalom killed Ammon. Ammon was David's firstborn. Absalom was the most charismatic of David's sons. And because Ammon, his brother, slept with his sister, he killed Ammon. Then Absalom was supposed to be the next king. But because of what he did, then Absalom did not wait for his time. He went against his father, and his father left town for him. Then eventually died. And there was a third one, Adonijah. He too made the mistake of Absalom. Absalom rebelled. Adonijah did not exactly rebel. Adonijah just thought he was going to be king and he began to announce himself. Bodyguards were following him around. And Solomon was not even in the picture. But when he found himself becoming king, he said to himself that, come, how did this happen? It must have been that the race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. Bread is not to the wise. Favor not to the skillful. Riches not to the men of understanding. It's a time and chance. That chance, opportunity, season. Time and chance happen to them all. No matter the field of life you look at, the best are not the people you see. The people you see are the blessed ones. They are the ones who are taking advantage of time and chance. Whether in football, the best are not the people you see. When they were growing up, many of them were never the best. But those who were better than them in those days are nowhere to be found now. The race is not to the street. So that, that made Jesus tell the Pharisees that if you can discern, you understand rainy season. You understand when the sun is shining, when the rain is threatening, you carry umbrella. But you don't understand the times, the signs of times, and you are in deep problem. Are you with me? Let's talk about two important seasons this morning. What I want to share with you briefly is that success by Bible definition, not just any kind of success, depends largely on how you handle seasons of life. Now, what I even want to say, the amount of time, and I will talk about two very important seasons this morning, which majority will find themselves in, the amount of time that you spend in each season of your life will be determined by how you handle time and chance. What you do in each season, 
I have found out. God does not exactly say, and I'm going to show you from the Bible, that you are going to spend five years in this season, I will promote you. There will be seasons. But how long you stay there is determined by your willingness to understand the season. What you do during the season. Mm. Majorly, there are two seasons. A season when things are happening, you are successful. Things are bubbling. You are moving. Songs of praise, testimonies around you. And a season that looks dark. So when God created heaven and earth, the law first mentioned. The Bible says, and the evening and the morning, the first day. Everything God created, the Bible says, at evening and the morning, day one. Evening and the morning, day two. So there will always be evening and there will always be morning. So the first thing you need to know is that whoever you are, whatever level you are, there are seasons. And it's not static. It goes. So change is the only constant thing. So when Noah came out of the ark in Genesis chapter 8, God decided to speak to Noah again. And he said, as Noah sacrificed and God smelled the offering, God swore. There are words in the Bible spoken by men. Even though scriptures are given by the inspiration of God. Some will learn from the foolishness of people. That's why the word of God must be studied by the mindset of the Holy Spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you can read nonsense from the Bible. You can read and Judas killed himself. And read again another verse. Go and do likewise. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> are you with me? Somebody told me something. I don't know what that yesterday or so. The, the pastor preached a powerful sermon in one church in Europe. All of you that drink, I was talking about uh, maybe use one river, river Jabok where Jacob crossed and left all his old life behind. Go throw the alcohol in the river. Go. He said, after the service, go and drown them. Throw them. He kept saying, throw them inside the river. Throw them inside the river. And the message was powerful. And people were about repenting. But he kept mentioning that quote. Break the ball to throw it inside the river. Gather them, take them to the river. I want to finish the sermon. The choir came up and sang a song. After the service, we gathered the river. Or oh, something, get what I just said. <laughs> so the pastor looked at the choir. How you guys possess of? But there is a hymn that says, we gather at the river. So it sounded like the pastor said, go and drop all the alcohol at the river. And choir people are saying that. After the service, we gather. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? Let's read Genesis 8, verse 23 or so, where God spoke to Noah. Is somebody following me this morning? This is the first of things we will talk about. And the Lord smelled the offering, and the first said, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. I will not curse the ground anymore for man's sake. Verse 23 or 22. Go to the next verse. Why the earth remained, same time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Shout a loud amen. amen. Now this says amen. Shout a loud amen. amen. Are you with me? A service must be lively. Alright? Praise the Lord. Amen. amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Almighty God said, why the earth remains? We don't know when we get to heaven, what will happen. But here or not, he said, as long as the earth remains, 
Seed time. This is why we sow seed. And some have a problem with it. Seed time and harvest. This is God talking before the law. It's not under the law. Seed time and harvest. Day and night will not cease. It, he has shown no of that fact. That that fact remains whatever. It will not cease. So there will always be day and there will always be night. Now what I want to share with us this morning. What do you do to shorten a night season? And what do you do to prolong a day season in your life? A night season is a moment where things don't look like if. So much effort, little results. When you are waiting, when will my change come? A time of dreams. But they stay at the realm of dreams. A time that of faith confession. But you cannot see it in reality. So the Bible says there will be day and night. It's a cycle. But I have found out. It's a short message. I'll begin with the night season. If you are listening to me right now this morning, or you are watching live, hear me very well. The Bible gives us what to do every now and then. In John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of this world. If any man follows me, he will not walk in darkness. But he will have the light of life. Meaning that he will have understanding of life. He will be able to unwrap the mystery behind the setup of life. I am the light of this world. I check that word life in the Bible. It talks about it talks about it said that it will understand lifetime, lifetime, lifetime. It will understand his life. He will understand life. If any man follows me, that is the advantage that believers are by the Spirit of God to understand the seasons of life. When Paul was writing, he said to them first Thessalonians chapter 5. He said, concerning times and season, you don't need to, me to write to. You yourself, you are taught of the Lord. That means every Christian ought to know times and season. Peter said something in 1 Peter 5, 4, I think. Let's read. And we, we, we'll, I'll just wrap up this, I'm saying. Are you following me so far? So now you understand that there are seasons from what God said. And there are times. So Jesus said, you need to understand it, but there are seasons. There are times. And they, they go. Amen. Uh, uh, 1 Peter 5, 4. Can there be a reason why some people, at times there will be a blessing in their life and it will evaporate? Why is it that some people, for a while, it looks like things are good? No, this is not the verse I'm looking for. 1 Peter, I know it's in 1 Peter, check verse 14. And if I can't get it, I will check. It just came to my heart. Now I know that Peter said something about this. Hallelujah. Sorry, who is handling this thing today? You are slow. You can't hear me. Oh, because of the rain. First Peter five fourteen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me see what else was for. If not, we ah no no, it's not this one. This one is talking about greet with kissing. No oh, no, it can't be the scripture. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you <laughs> are you with me? Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. So somebody let me get my time. Let me look at. Uh, amen. Are you are you with me? So, there are seasons. So, what do we do each season? So, I'm going to start from Deuteronomy. First of all, to let you know, when you are in a period where you appear to be stranded, there is a lesson to be learned. Praise the Lord. Okay, First Peter 5, 6. I have a very wonderful concordance in my, on my tab. So, it's very easy for me to locate a scripture if I... Thank God for technology. We have to carry concordance around again. Hallelujah. 
Just say, if you can give us first Peter 5, 6. But then, just, that just, Lord, that just, he said, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exhort you in due time. Please, help me say this word very well. Say, humble. When you are in a night season, what you need is to humble yourself. That does not mean walk around and bow your head. That word humble, I want to define it very well. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want us to read. When there is a world before you that appears you cannot move, there is something to learn. When you learn it, you will cross over. And I'm going to show you the purpose of wilderness. Ninth season is a kind of wilderness period of your life. And there are people listening to me now. You are like in a wilderness where there is no water. There is no rain of heaven. Some have had rain before. Things were moving one time. You cannot just understand. And I'm, I'm this way, help people. Because after this message, and I believe God, that you are working in God's blessing. But I am concerned that your prosperity will be, it will be a lasting one. Not something that comes and it disappears. Some people, don't, don't, some people just don't understand why things about their life, good things don't seem to be sustainable. They start, they stop. Stop for a long time. They start again. I hope to answer that question this morning. So look at this first. So God is talking about the commandment to give them to multiply. I'm going to verse 3 in particular. Verse 3. This is Moses explaining the reason for the deserts. Please pay attention. And he said, you saw what we read in First Peter. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. There are people, the mighty hand of God is upon you. But that hand requires that you humble yourself. That means you understand why that hand is there. If not, the hand is there, but nothing will happen. So, look at that word humble again. He humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. He fed you with manna. We thou knowest not. Neither did thy father know. That he might make thee to know. Underline that word know your word. The reason for the hunger, the reason for the famine, the reason for the wilderness is to know something. Now, what did he want them to know in this regard? He wanted them to know in the Old Testament. The Bible says he wanted them to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but out by every word. It took them 40 years to know. See, the whole purpose of the wilderness, the Bible says he made you to be hungry so that you can know. If they knew it in five years, they would have been out of wilderness. God wanted them to know that man does not live by bread alone, but it took them 40 years to know. Every, every wilderness experience is for you to know something. Oh, may you learn to pray that Lord open my eyes. That knowing will produce an adjustment in your lifestyle. Nobody moves to next level doing the same thing. There will be an adjustment. There must be an adjustment of your approach to life. If there's no adjustment, there cannot be productivity. But that adjustment is revealed by God as you humble yourself. So, this case was the same thing that happened to Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4. If we read verse 25, Daniel told him that you will become an animal. He said, until you know that most I reigns in the affairs of men. He said, when you know. And Nebuchadnezzar said, after seven years, I lifted up my eyes and I gave glory to God and my glory returned to me. So he was made an animal, not for an indefinite period of time, until he will recognize, because he did not recognize that there was somebody called Mosai. He stood upon the tower in Babylon and he said that this is what I built from my mighty hand. And God said that there is a lesson for him to learn. When he learns it, he will return to his glory and power. 
And he said, after seven years, I lifted up my eyes and I acknowledged that most high reigns. And he said, now that he has acknowledged, he can go back to his kingship position. Can I hear loud amen? Yeah. Wait, are you getting what I'm sharing with you? They shall drive thee from men. From thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen. They shall, wet, shall be wet with the dews of heaven. Seven times shall pass over thee till thou know. Put, if your Bible is just underline the word till. That is what determines the length of the period. Are you getting me? Even though God prophetically said it to be seven years, but the seven years was not Israel. He said, until you know. Till you know that most I. And he gives it to anybody he wills. Many God was saying that you didn't become king by your own power, but that is what you are thinking. I will let you become an animal until you recognize that you were never there by yourself. The most high is still the king maker. And if you read the end, the Bible says that the Canizal got the lesson. And as soon as he did, he said, My glory and everything returned to me. He humbled thee that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. A season, night season, is a time to know something. Is the time that some fight and struggle their way and fight other people? Many times you have to sit down with the word of God and find out, Lord, what do you want? Sometimes, so a, so, such a great future is planned for you. But God does not want you to enter into it with this present attitude that you have. So there must be a time where there must be an adjustment in your mindset and how you tackle things to be able to penetrate. Hallelujah. What is God trying to pass across Lord, that we are not getting? God does not bring calamity on anybody, no. But you know God can help you overnight. Why is he not doing it? There's a lesson. There's a lesson. So that lesson is learned in humility. Humility does not mean that you can't, you don't, you don't, you know, people say, why somebody says that? I know I'm rich. I can never be poor. They think it's, but that's not arrogance. Humility means that there is a way that seems good unto a man. But there is a way that the Spirit of God is telling you. When you abandon your way, that Lord, what are you teaching me? I said this by the Spirit of God, I'm aware 24-7. Are there not women who are trying to use their beauty to entice? You parade yourself before guys that you think you are, that are rich. If you get one, you've got in trouble. By flesh shall no man prevail. You, you, you want a man your own way. You want a woman your way. One of my friends suffered that in school. Until he recognized. He told the lady he was on scholarship. He was a medical student. It was the best, one of the best, actually. As a student, he had a car. In the fellowship where he was attending, back to back, three years, on their dinner night, he won the best dressed male. When you're handsome and you are the best, when you're a medical student, you have a car, what else? I can tell you six ladies that said no to him. He could not understand. Even me, I didn't understand why they said no. This guy wake up in the morning and he will stand on one spot, pray for two hours. When a man is spiritual, is handsome, is blessed, goes stature, he dresses very well. Kilo to Kwejo. But you see, the most I wanted, I remember one day. I, I, just, I didn't even know this message, but I saw it. In this car, he was driving me. I was the president of fellowship. We were just gisting. We were friends. About fellowship, we were also friends. And then we were driving into Chapel UI. And he mentioned this particular lady. And he said, I don't know what her problem is. That she should even be, uh, she should be glad that I'm asking her out. So we've been on it for two years now. She'll be doing. I said, but within those two years, you'll pop out, ask someone else out. That one said no, so then you came back. Ask someone else, and then that one. He just didn't understand. Honestly speaking, this lady in question, he went to the lady's house. The mother saw him and fell in love with her. This is a wonderful guy. The mother was in the bedroom. 
the neighbor upstairs wanted to move out their car, and their car was blocking, the mom's car was blocking. The man had just called his name, that helped me move the car. So he was so happy that they've accepted me in the family. The mom talked with the daughter that, what do you have against this guy? It's spiritual, it's a word. She just said, mommy, I don't know, it's, a, it's in our fellowship, I just don't like him. The thing, he loved the girl. He went to a mall and bought the best shoe and gave the girl. Some of us had no money for shoes and they were saying yes to us. <laughs> Life is beautiful. He just, didn't <laughs> he just didn't understand. Tall, dark, handsome. You know why? He was very prayerful. If he were to be a non-believer, things would have worked and then he would wreck his soul later. Because he was close to God. God was gone. I will humble you until you recognize so that day as we drive, I just told him, I said, whether a woman says yes to you or not, a yes is a yes. Whoever you think you are does not matter before a woman. She has right to say yes or no. That your scholarship and you have a car might not mean anything to some other ladies. This lady started dating somebody who had extra year, and all of us could not understand it. And they had a fantastic relationship. So I started explaining to him that your problem is this. You will pray before God that you want a wonderful partner. I said, but on your own, you are using your intellect, your money, how handsome you are, even your spiritual degree, I can pray for two hours every day, two chance, hoping that that we and I said that God is letting you know. Recently, I went to the country and I saw his beautiful wife and beautiful family. When he learned that lesson, then he met somebody. This time, I did not even, that was what happened. What I'm telling you was, when you humble yourself, that was what happened to Joseph. I have dreamt. He went to see his brother. <laughs> Guys, you know what happened yesterday night? I just saw in the vision. All your children were bowing to mine. <laughs> the brother said, hey, it didn't stop there. Then he told his father, he said, even I saw. <laughs> he said, this time, not only my brothers alone. That of daddy and mommy bowing to me. Even the father said, I, I think this is your dream needs <laughs> some adjustment. And when they got to Potiphar's wife, the same thing. The dream was real. The dream of your life is real. Those great things you see when you close your they are real. But there is an adjustment. When they got to Potiphar's wife, the dream was still with him. He was still doing the same thing. Many people saw the temptation of Mrs. Potiphar. But many people did not see how Joseph answered. Look at arrogance in that statement. I am the master of this house. My master put everything in my hand. There is nobody greater than my, myself in this house. You are the only one that is not under me. He used that word high about five times in one verse. I, I, me. He was a slave. He was still arrogant. And the Lord said that, ah, this guy will be like, let's help for that. When he humbled himself and interpreted the prisoner's dream, can you remember what he said? When he stood before Pharaoh and he told Pharaoh the meaning, even when he interpreted the prisoner's dream, that little eye, but the eye has reduced now. He told the prisoner that, he said, they are going to release you. When you get to palace, remember me. Do you remember said so? He said, for I was told. He was still putting eye, I was told. But see, when he stood before Pharaoh, the Bible said the prisoner forgot him for two years. This is how wilderness days are prolonged. But when he learned and he stood before Pharaoh, when he finished giving them what everybody stood up to applaud him for, the senate of Pharaoh, he just said, let Pharaoh look for another man who will help you do this thing. And it was Pharaoh that said that, which other man other than yourself? 
if Joseph was, if he had answered to Pharaoh's dream five years before, he would tell Pharaoh that, number one, to interpret, stand up from your throne. Let me sit down. Since I'm the, I'm the one that knows what, I know what to do. So listen to me very well. This is what we'll do. This is what we are going to do. Say, I, God showed me and I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But when God saw it overnight, can things many people have been waiting for happen in one month, in one week? Yes. When there's a revelation of an adjustment to make. Did you get that? So this is why people stay long in wilderness. Why are they hungry? Why is their soul vexed? That they might know something. So what is it that you have not known? That ends nice season. We will go into this more in detail, but let's talk about season of prosperity. Why money does not land? Why it doesn't last in some people's hands? The Bible gives us an instruction on what to do. I want to read something. Is somebody following me? Are you getting blessed this morning? Yes, Hallelujah. This way, immediately taught some people who have some strange money landed in your hand and it disappeared. You were promoted. After a while, demoted again or kicked out. Why? Why should you start something? It looks like it's working for a while. But the Bible says the path of joy is a light that shines brighter and brighter. Not that there will not be trials, but God doesn't expect us to go back. If there is setback at all, it should be for a moment, and the glory coming after that should be much more. It's because we don't do what the Bible says. Many people do exactly what the rich fool did, and that killed him overnight in this moment of prosperity. Hallelujah. I want to read. Are you following me? Somehow, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. And then I will show you something from the four lepers. And we close. Oh, my time is saying eight minutes more. Okay. <coughs> are you here? Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Ah, this verse is loaded. When you are blessed, you can easily become arrogant. Many people think they are humble because they have not made money. Because money is the only thing in the Bible that the Bible puts on the same plane with God. That means it can turn people away from God. It says you cannot serve God, not even serve God and the devil. You can't serve God and mammon. Mammon is powerful. By the time money can do what prayer can do, you can begin to have serious problems. This is why a prosperity that goes beyond your soul. I, I know a certain man of God. He began to misbehave when the ministry had so much money and there is no corresponding spiritual depth in his soul. From one member to another, started having sex with them and started doing things. It will always happen when you have a prosperity that is bigger than your soul. Mammon will catch you. That's about to say that I will that you prosper and be in it even as your soul prospered. Once it is bigger outside than you are bigger inside, you are going to have a problem. Because have, the first thing money will do is that it will cut your prayer shots if you are not a spiritual minded person. 
if you are not spiritually minded, it will cut your prayer short. Because most of the prayer people pray in developing nations of the world, they have to do with this. Even in foreign countries where they, are, they face more depression and all those things we don't talk about here in Nigeria, they face it more there. So they can be a millionaire and still be committed, thinking of suicide and uh, opinions of people matter. Everybody has cyber bullies, somebody committing suicide, somebody abused on Facebook and all the rest. They don't make sense to us in Africa because our demons are not like that. <laughs> Amen. It is true. The side of God that we appeal to you will be the side that fits your background. So Africa talks about fire falling down and all those because we came from idolatry. You, know, you understand? So that is our region. And then coupled with poverty. Over there, they want intellectual God. And like Reverend Sam once explained, it's true. The Bible says Christ, the wisdom and the power. Jesus combines the two. He can minister those who, have, who want wisdom and those who want. He said the Jews want, uh, the Greek want uh, uh, wisdom and this one, they want power. It is true. Africans want power. Africa and Asia, actually. Europeans, they want explanation. Yes. It's true. But Christ, the wisdom and the power of God. Nations that want wisdom, we always exert more than nations that want power. Power, you might not be able to explain it. Wisdom will help you scientifically and in every other way. It's true. That's why there are inventions from there, not here. And believers must understand to oscillate between the two. So that we are not bound by our society and start doing Africanized Christianity. Did you get what I've just said now? Praise the Lord. So, but this verse is loaded. Say, charge them. Why did he say that? Paul is talking to me. Say, tell them. So that they be not high-minded. Money can make you to be high-minded. Now, you are so connected that a call from you can solve any problem. All of a sudden, you don't pray about any matter again. The president comes on a private visit to your house. I know of in Nigeria that the president once went to have a dinner with in his house, not invited to Asura. At that time, what is it that you want in a nation that cannot be done? The Bible says, tell them, money can do this, can be high-minded. Parents now depend on you to give them money. So when they talk, they can't talk to you, so they talk in fear. Otherwise, you'll cut, your, cut the alawi. So the Bible says that let them not be high no trust in uncertain riches. Riches are so that don't trust in it. But in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now in verse 8, it tells them what to do. Next verse. That they do good. That they be rich in good works. Ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. When there is a sudden prosperity in your life, the Bible instruction is that you must be willing to distribute. It's not saying give all your money to people. No. But you must begin to add people to your list that you are helping. Listen to me very well. If you study from Job, you will know the secret of Job when he was complaining. He said, as I was in the months past, when the candle of God shined upon my light, he said, I was high to the, I was the eye to the blind. I was, he said, as a young man, my blessings were with me. According to the Bible record, Job was very rich as a young guy. Theologians said that the story of Job pre-existed Genesis. Job was a mighty man who had money, and he had money very early, married very early, and he had lovely kids very early. And he said that the reason for that, he understood, said the blessing of somebody, said, I did not allow strangers to lodge on the field. I brought them home. He said, when I noticed somebody in trouble, I helped. The temptation therein is, number one, this, once you have more money, you step up your taste, and you want to taste things that you've, you've been deprived of for a while. A mistake, it will not last. 
somehow. Four lepers, Second King chapter 7, I'll close with this. They understood this principle. After this message, many people here will be tried again. Those who have missed opportunity, opportunity will come again. Be willing to share. When you do, see, if you go upward, if you jump up and there's no supporting under you, come down. But if you move, even if you jump up and they quickly build a platform to reach you under you, stay. That platform of leaving poverty state and going higher is to help people that are poor. Once you are going up and you are pulling others behind you, you can never go down. If you misinvest and you don't understand, you become lazy, careless, and everything, you will stay at that level, but you might not go down. But if you are not helping the less privileged, what the Bible says, this is an instruction. If you are not communicating, you are not sharing, you are not distributing, you are going to have a problem. It's true. You've heard the story of Rockefeller before. It was on his deathbed that a man of God told him that your problem or his doctor, that you are too rich and you are not helping many people. That was how he started Rockefeller Foundation. He got well and he became richer after that. That was how he started Rockefeller Foundation. It is true. Somehow, all the rich men in America who are not even Christian, they know what I'm telling you now. So you hear of Big Gate Foundation, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. What is their business with Africa that they are pumping money here? They don't want to be like us. They don't want to go down, so they give. It's true. Some of these people are not Christian, but someone inside them, they understand that when you make money to a certain level, it does not mean that you start enjoying luxury. They are rich, they enjoy their life, but they give so much. You know how much Big has given to Nigeria alone? When they say malaria, they are the ones giving. They don't have malaria over there. Why are they concerned about our malaria here? And we that we have malaria, we are not concerned. Did you get that? It is because, actually, sincerely speaking, the generations before them sold this idea to them. They made them understand. There was an interview that the great-grandchildren of Coca-Cola, the British of and one of them was talking. And he said that many of us are deviated from He was talking plainly. So our, our forefathers were Christians. He said, but we, he said, I still know that Jesus is Lord, but, but right now, that's people in China Coca-Cola. And he said, but one thing they left us with that will never leave us that integrity in business. That the great grandpa told grandpa, integrity in business will outlive any other schemes of men. It is true. So they got these things. So the Bible said, let them win. So let's see first, first, first king. Look at these four lepers. You know the story? Elisha gave a prophecy that about this time tomorrow, a measure of which I'm sold for a shekel at the gates of Samaria, and that happened. Now the four lepers saw food, and they were carrying it from house to house. Let's look at Let's go to verse 14 or so, or 15. Go down verse 15. You are hearing me now. Verse 25. Verse 25, please. Thank you, Lord. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Oh, no, no. Go to, I want where the verse where one of them said that if we keep quiet, something will happen before daybreak. Uh, go to verse. Uh, this is verse 20, right? What verse is that? Verse 9. Go to 9, please. Verse 9. God bless you. So they were carrying food from tent to tent. And one of them said, Now remember, 
they say once another, we do not do well. This day is a day of good tidings. If we hold our peace, if we tarry till morning, some mischief will come upon us. People were hungry in town to the point that they started eating one another's children. They were hungry. Four lepers were out of town. And they discovered that the fear of the people in town, there was no fear. There was no soldier around. There were no soldiers around. So they carried food. And they had more. The Bible said that they were going from 10 to 10, carrying gold and food, and they were dancing. It was their moment of prosperity. Then one of them said to the rest, Ah, no. He said, We are blessed now. Others are hungry in town. If we keep quiet till tomorrow, something terrible will happen to us. Can this be the reason why something terrible happens to people when they are read? Some die young, something happens. The four lepers knew this. Who taught them? Eternity is written in the heart of men. They said, if we keep quiet, others are hungry, we have enough food, we have more than enough. He said, we have to share. So they went to tell them. That was what happened to the rich food. The Bible says, his ground brought forth in abundance. And he said, that, oh my soul, relax. I'm going to build a bigger van, put on my food and rest. There was no record of him mentioning helping anybody. And the Bible said, God said, tonight your life will be required from you. If you are blessed, this is what you say. There are, these are secrets. These are things in the Bible that they help a man. Even if the rising is just a little. Find out somebody that will benefit from what you have. Firstly, in all your blessings, give back to God. The one who brought everything. At the prayer meeting yesterday, I explained briefly to them, because I was talking about Bible study, why Christians need to sit down with the Word of God. And sincerely speaking, we need to do Bible study again. Lack of Bible study will cause people to give up, open themselves up to any wrong doctrine, any false idea. The church will either go this way and miss it completely or go this way. But three years ago, I taught when I was talking about tithes. And I explained to people, the tithes that churches are emphasizing truly, it's in Malachi 3.14, which comes with a curse. But that is not the one we practice. Truly, we are not under the law. Malachi's own is with threat and fear. Windows of heaven being shut, that's Malachi. The one we practice is Abraham before the law. Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek. Without a threat of windows of heaven being shut or devourer, Abraham did it by faith in worship recognizing God as his source and returning a part of it to God. And that was what Jacob said also. Jacob too said, Lord, if you keep me. The law came 430 years after. But this is what happened. Two types of types were mentioned in the Old Testament. Were mentioned in the Old Testament. Abraham did it by faith. It was converted to law. Under the law. Abraham did two things with Mechizedek. There were just two things that happened between Abraham and Mechizedek. Just two things. Tithes and communion. Why do we still do communion and books? Some people think that uh, tithe is done away with. If you say the cause of devotion and everything, so I agree with you completely, you are correct. We don't threaten people with windows being shut, people will not go to heaven, they don't give tithe. It's not true. New Testament does not use condemnation or pressure to get anybody to do anything. It is true. But so if nobody threatened Abraham too. He did it because he believed in him. The Bible says we are Abraham's seed. And then he gave come, and there was communion also, and we still do communion today. And when Paul was talking in Hebrew chapter 7, he said that the Melchizedek of Abraham is Jesus Christ to us today. That's why we give. That's all. But you know, when they ask even churches where they, they people cannot explain. So those boys who make those, they think they have a point. Nobody, everyone there that I met and I explained to them, they kept quiet because they do have a point. 
It's true. But even me growing up, it was Malachi they taught us that devourer will devour you, windows of heaven will be shut. But make no mistake about it. In this kingdom, giving is important. Not only important, it's compulsory. New Testament, he that soweth sparingly. Because people watch the way I buy, they don't want to give, they don't want anybody to give and everything. It's not going to work. What does giving do? It's a demonstration of your faith and it determines your level. In the sense that God will be partial if he blesses some people more. He has blessed every Christian in Christ. Our belief in it shows in how we give. If we believe that we have the riches of heaven and all things belong to us, it shows in our giving. If we don't give, you don't believe in it. That's all. It's very simple. And they want to remove consequences. Paul said, he that soweth spirally shall reap. He was talking to New Testament believers, shall reap. And if you sow bountifully, it is true. Even though we are all blessed in Christ, our giving has a lot to do with how much wealth we walk in. Say amen. amen. It is true. It begins with God and then to the people around you that you are helping. No matter how little you think what you have is, it can still help somebody. Hope somebody is blessed today. Did you get something about these two seasons? Do you have people whose parents are praying for you day and night because you are the one supporting them? How many times have people pick up their phones to call you and to cry? When elderly people do that to you, it means a lot. When they call you and be like, my daughter said, my son said, it's because of you and they are crying that, I, I, we can't pay you back, we are broke, but our God will bless you. You need those voices around you. Yes. You need 200,000 naira. You have 70. Somebody only needs 5,000. And if you remove 5 from your 70, it doesn't change anything. What 75 will not buy, 70 will not buy. But while you are waiting for your own to be up to 200, you can give the person 5K. And I've told us, when somebody visits you and they are leaving, learn to extend the hand of fellowship. Anytime somebody comes in, I need money, I need to pay rent, I need 600 k even if all you have is just 10,000. And you know the person is genuine. They request, I'm sorry. I believe one day I'll be able to give you much more than this. But for now, this is what I can give. Take. Avoid borrowing people money. Give what you can afford. When they borrow, they will not pay back. And then they will now start fighting you. It will affect the relationship and everything. So give the little you can afford. It's important. If somebody says, I need 30K and all you have is just 2K, even if all you can party with is 500, give the person. Always maintain this attitude. I usually say that try and help at least one person in a day, even if it's 100 naira. Even if it's to help somebody carry it back from somewhere, somewhere. Just to want to reach out to somebody. It's an attitude we can develop. That your life is filled with always helping people. It is true. Shout this word. I'm a believer in Christ. I have the light of life. Say it loud and clear. Say it louder. Is someone blessed this morning? You will never be broke again. The season of prosperity will last in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah.
Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.